Thank you so much. We love hearing from you. And our two presenters, the accolade, Brian, and our student, Wendy. Are you on the call? Yes. Yes. Hello, everyone. It's slow in saying hello, but hello, hello. I'm glad you're both on. (laughs) It's actually a privilege to have both of you. You're first timers, in a sense, of being on our teleclass. And I'm looking forward to your, your own stories your own wisdom that comes through tonight. And, and I love the title for tonight, The Path Laid Out. Man, I think we could spend a whole month talking about this, you know, individually, <laughs> corporately, and what's happening in this world. But that's just my little world. But hopefully, I think it will be entertaining tonight. It will be interesting because God takes us at his word, in a sense. And each of us have lived our lives fully, for now, and we'll continue to on this search called this journey, this pathway to love. And so tonight we're just going to explore some of the past, some of the present, but looking forward to our future because our future is with God. But and so thank you, Pat and Craig, for recording tonight and just for hosting this, making this happen. Mary Kay for putting all this together. And on behalf of Celebrating Life, if this is new for the first time, welcome. I'd like to so. I'm going to start with Craig before we, I'm going to ask Wendy to open with our prayer session tonight, but I'm going to ask, right, so how has your week been? Sure. Wow. My week has been good. I got a lot of text messages and, and phone calls recently, and a lot of CLM community just, just reached out and said they were excited about this evening, and it just, it felt really, really nice to feel the support, and really appreciate that, and, and I I'm uh, I'm flattered. So life has all of its little twists and turns. This morning I was a bunch of crazy stuff, and this afternoon I get to share it all with you. So it's great. <laughs> Perfect timing. And yeah. I have to say, Brian, you know, I always, in my world, looking with my spiritual eyes, it's like God's got his eye on you. And that comes from our community, besides God, that God wants to use you wants to use everyone who's even listening in because you wouldn't be listening in unless there was that little Holy Spirit who whispers and says, check this out. Very happy you're on. So also, Wendy, how was your week? Um, <laughs> my week was, was very similar. Um, I got a lot of texts and emails of support from people in the community today and some of my friends who are not in the community who are on the call. It was so sweet to hear from people because I was definitely not expecting that. I was just in the zone trying to be prepared (laughs) for the call. Sure. So thank you all for reaching out. That was so nice. So appreciative. Mm. I like that. My week has been an up and down week. But again, I think we rise to the occasion and then somehow we slide down and then we have to be picked up again. It's like the wave. And hopefully... There's seven, and then we break. So hopefully I break a little faster than the seven that comes around. But So, Wendy, would you offer a prayer as we now dial into the path laid out for us tonight? Sure. It's an honor. It's an honor to be here and an honor to do an opening prayer. Dearest God, Holy Spirit, and all the healing angels, thank you for not only being with us on this call tonight, but for how you always stand right by our side each and every day. We are so very grateful to have you present, for we all get so caught up and busy in our daily lives that we often forget that you are there 
Thank you for always forgiving us and welcoming us back with your loving arms wide open. And thank you for surrounding everyone on this call, all who will listen to this call, all of our families, our friends, our coworkers, our pets, and our loved ones, and especially all of those in need in any way. With your everlasting light, love, healing, and blessings for our highest healing and our highest good today and always, we are forever grateful. Amen. Amen. Beautifully done, Wendy. You Thank know, you. That me was a fullness of prayer, just encapsulating everyone listening in and all our intentions, but beautifully said. Wendy. You know, our our theme tonight is the path laid out before us, and we at Celebrating Life, I kind of set it up for, this is, for a Christian, this is Holy Week, and I know for Jewish, Passover is coming, but it's that the plan laid out for each of us, and I like these, quote, patterns in the scripture or during the season, because it helps us to remember. For the Christian, yesterday was Palm Sunday, which was the introduction to Christ and that journey on a donkey and the people were praising Jesus as the Savior. They saw him as a king, physical king to come to save the Jews, but there was a higher calling on his life. But the people didn't know that. Can you imagine the Christ one realizing, oh, the beginning of the end has started, knowing what is being what he was being faced to do, which was to give up his life. Because in, in Jewish traditions during Passover, they always brought a, a lamb to purest lamb or sheep, spotless, as a sin offering to the Lord. And so Jesus offered his life for all of humanity once and for all. And we look back on that story and uh, what it took in order to play itself out and the roles of whether it's the high priest, whether it was the soldiers who crucified him, whether it was the people who mocked him along the way, or those who were just weeping because they loved Yeshua Jesus. I think we all can play a part in those characters at least once in our life or multiple times or maybe a thousand times in one day. An essence of when we look at God, when we look at a savior, a healer, a reconciler, what does that mean in our lives, how we can... I call it, apply that to my daily need today, what that is, or my daily bread this week, whatever challenges I might have faced. And when we turn that over and then we use, I call it his energy, and allow his energy to take over, I call it to make the crooked path straight, to make the, the sick person healed, the broken person full of life and love. It's supernatural. And I think tonight, those doors of opportunities will present themselves. As, as Wendy shared in prayer, the invocation of the angels. And the angels support whatever heaven wants. And so even on this call right now, I sense angels in my own living room. And I believe you're, you're feeling the same thing. Because we're being divinely set up for some amazing miracles tonight. Because we're about focusing on the one who can deliver us, can restore us can bring us the fullness of life. When I look at this story, Wendy, the the promise that Christ made when he made his journey into Jerusalem, 
what are five things that kind of stood out on this story that you might reflect on? Well, it's interesting because what, what stands out to me is how he was portrayed as this king riding in on a donkey and then all these people were loving him and worshiping him and so happy that he was there. And then one week later, he was crucified and died right. on the cross by, by these same people. Um, right. These nasty people. <laughs> it's, it's kind of... <laughs> How do people change their minds so in, in a in a minute like that? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, in my world, when I go into fear, I block the illusion, or the illusion, you know, takes over and set up the reality of what is. If I only can remember that on a daily basis, that if I'm tapping into this beautiful place called God within me, the Holy Spirit, however you see God, that that can illuminate, and I'm as natural as anyone else. I fall, I make mistakes, I sin, I miss the mark. And it's during those times, it's like, doggone it. But once I realize what's happening, then I can tap into the grace that's available to me. And I know you do the same thing in your own life because it's for live life to the fullest. And thank God we have a loving God who forgives us. We have maybe loving spouses, children, friends, acquaintances, enemies that can forgive us. Because that one piece that Jesus offered on the cross, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. That's been a gem in my life. I hold on to that because that's ultimately the, the grace that Jesus extended, Yeshua extended to each of us. Brian, in our, our understanding of this pathway, have you encountered an opportunity of just letting go? Because I know you moved from California to Portland. I'm sure just picking up and going takes a lot to adjust to. So did you stumble along the way or was it easy breezy? <laughs> I think both, actually. It was it was kind of miraculous in some way. It was saying yes to something and, and, and being moved and going, okay, this is the path. And some things fell, fell together almost effortlessly. I was not sure if how my my workplace would would deal with my wanting me to move and that was a possibility and overwhelmingly turned out to be extremely successful and there was there was aspects of that which were wonderful and finding a place to live and having some people who were already here to support was was wonderful and i i moved with my partner at the time and you know, we were very supportive with each other and, and made it work. And But then there was other things that became stumbling blocks, which were challenges, deeply challenging. I I did the process virtually, which was difficult and brought up a lot of my personal pain and challenges and and things I, I wasn't aware about and, and things that affected my relationship so much so that... I knew that in order to heal, I needed to leave the relationship. And what's happened is, is I actually have an amazing friendship and something that teaches me more about caring for somebody and more about who I am and more about holding space for somebody and caring about somebody, even if it feels difficult. So all of it is like a mixed, it's all mixed. And I I think what I got when you started talking about this, Jesus' 
path into the city is he was committed to his path. And it didn't matter if he was accepted as a king or he was betrayed by his closest people. He was already on a path that he was committed to and everything unfolded as it was supposed to. Very well said, Brian. I love the, your rendition of your story because when we have this thought, oh, maybe I'll move to Portland. It's like, is that a path? Is that, a, is that going to be laid out for me? At once, it's probably just a thought. And then our little mind starts to say, well, this could happen. I could ask this person, blah, blah, blah. Not knowing the clarity at which walking the path, doing the work, walking the journey towards that, that it clears itself out, that makes things a lot more clear. And in the end, what we thought we had actually is a, a deeper treasure, but in a different way. I'm, I'm discovering in my life that jewel, seeing the rises and then the, the failings, whether it's myself or others, and still seeing it as a plan of God instead of, I'm going to get even with you or I need to forgive this. <laughs> it's really just putting it forward, moving it forward. And as long as I keep my eyes on the prize, which is to me, God, everything else will be added. I love your story. That's perfect, Brian. Now, Wendy, I know you have a story to tell, or maybe a longer story to tell, that you actually had a plan or a thought as a wife that want to share that story, because I think it's so appropriate of how God answers our prayers, even though it might be in not the nature of what we think it's going to be. Yes, it's so important that we have faith, and it's so hard to have faith. It's easy to have faith when things are great, right? <laughs> it's of very course. easy yes. to be like, thank you, God. But when things are awful and you're going through your dark night of the soul, it's, that's, when, that's yeah. when you really know if you have faith. And mm-hmm. when my son was around, I guess he was between two and three, we were trying to have another child. And I had a miscarriage and then... I had a few miscarriages, but at at one point we did in vitro, and anyone who knows anything about that, it's a really difficult process. Injections and hormones, gaining a lot of weight and just not being yourself, and I had finally gotten pregnant, and then, you know, we found out that it was twins, and terrified to have twins, but excited at the same time. I didn't know if I could handle three children. I was like, okay. And a little over three months in, I I had a miscarriage, but it, it wasn't just a miscarriage. I woke up in the middle of the night and I had terrible cramps and I thought, okay, I'm just going to work my way through this. I'll breathe. I'll breathe it away. I can, I can do this. Breathing, yeah. nothing, nothing worked. And a few hours, it just got worse and worse, and I was just, I was in labor in my house. And I eventually, after probably six to eight hours of that, being horribly sick, I gave birth in my bathroom. And wow. it was just, it was really violating. It was... Um, it was more than just, oh, my God, I lost this baby. It was so painful. I had no control over my body, and I had no one there to help me because I was just alone oh, wow. my, until wow. I finally woke up my, my ex-husband, and I was like, I need, I need help. I don't know what to do. Right. And then so I eventually 
gave birth in my bathroom. And uh, I thought, okay, God is gifting me with one baby. I'm going to have one baby. All right. I, I thank you, God. It stopped. Yeah. I was great. Some, I think I was lying. I went and I rested for about an hour and then all of a sudden it started again. And I was like, no way, this is not happening. And it happened again. I'm leaving out all the gory details because I don't think everyone wants to hear the, yeah. the, the, wow. the total horror. But it happened again, and I gave birth again in my bathroom. And it was the darkest moment of my life, for sure. I'm sure. And it was a long time ago. Oh, wow, I didn't think I would get emotional. It was the darkest moment of my life. I remember you have to go to the doctor because if there's anything yeah. left inside of you, you can get really sick. And I sure. went to the doctor, and I will never forget his words. He said, there's nothing in there. It's like there was never anything in there. Oh, and that wow. broke me hmm. to my core. Oh, I was just gosh. like, I just, I've always been able to go to my friends. And at that moment, I just, I went into my room and I closed the blinds and I just threw the phone out. And I was like, I don't want to be near anyone. And I broke up with God. I was like, we're done. You are not my boyfriend anymore. <laughs> I have been so loyal to you. My whole life has been about God and that you could do this to me in the most vile way that I felt. I mean, it was just the most violating feeling to have no control over your body. I was devastated. And after that, it took me a while to recover and we thought uh, there was no way I was I was trying again after that. I, just, I, I could not go through that ever again. So we Gosh. decided that we were going to get a gestational carrier. And we found this woman who she was the it person. She had two children of her own. She mm -hmm. was a surrogate for two other families. She got pregnant both times with triplets, and both times they had to reduce her to twins, and both times wow. she gave birth to twins. So this was our wow. girl. Wow. So we went through the whole process, and she couldn't get pregnant. So after two times we did that, we found out on my birthday that it didn't take. And so wow. that was it. I was like, I I'm done. I can't do this anymore, and I can't because you still have to go through the shots and, and hormonal yeah. things to, to, to do that. So, so that was it. We happened to be leaving for vacation, and we went on this spring break vacation to Barbados. And while we were there, this little girl came over to my son and was, like, annoying him on the beach. And the mom came <laughs> over and couldn't wait to tell us her story. She was like, oh, this is my little girl. We just adopted her from the Ukraine eight months ago. And we were like, what? Okay. That, how, how perfect that she was telling us this story right at this moment. And at the time, my ex-husband was like, you know, I, I can't adopt. If it's not coming from me, I'm not going to love the baby. So right. we met, we ended up hunting down the husband. And it turns <laughs> out it was his second marriage. And he had two grown children in their, in their 30s. And he said, I can't believe how much I wow. love this little girl. I love this girl just as much as I love my other children. And we ended up taking all of their information 
And as soon as we got home, we called them and we found the adoption agency and all of the information from their people in the Ukraine. And eight months later, we were in the Ukraine adopting my daughter, Karina. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my so gosh. It was, uh, there was so much synchronicity with it because my daughter was born exactly when I got pregnant with my twins. And wow. she, was, she was brought into the orphanage a little bit before I had my, my miscarriage. So it was like we were simultaneously going through pain and torture <laughs> to, to get through this trauma to be able to have each other in this lifetime. And there, there we were. We ended up adopting her when she was, we met her when she was 17 months old, and we took her home at 18 months old. And, I mean, we're so similar. We're, we're glued at the hip. She's just such a special human being. I mean, if I didn't go through what I went through, I would never have her. Yeah. I can't imagine my life without her. I, I can't imagine my life without her. And I say to her, and, and I've told this story to so many clients and so many people because something good always comes out of the worst. It just does. If you're open to receiving the good, something good will always come out of it. If I had to go through that experience, which was the most painful, horrific experience, I would do it every day for the rest of my life to have my daughter. I really I would. Well, there's that path laid out, even though if you would have seen it in the beginning of what needed to be done in order to get to this beautiful baby called your daughter now, that we'd probably say no, because with a lot of pain, with a lot of loss, we kind of take a step back. But again, uh, follow, the, follow the way, follow the love, and obviously that's what you did. And what an extraordinary story. Not very many people took that pathway as you and your husband did. So congrats on that one. Huge. Thank you. Thank you. I, I love that story because it's so, there's so much pain, there's so much joy in each wave that, and an opportunity of growing and saying, can I do this? With God's help, yes. Without God, I think our journey is much more difficult. Thank you for sharing that story, Wendy. That's so beautiful. Such a wonderful share. You know, thank you, Wendy. Thank you, Brian. You know, I, I think one of the things that has kind of unfolded recently for me and is, uh, you know, moving here and after the process, I, I really got a really clear picture of my family and it was really hard to look at. It was really honest because I, I saw, I saw the abuse in my family. I saw the anger and the frustration and, and I saw the, the way that I learned things that weren't me. I learned that I wasn't good, or I learned that it was my fault. I learned that I was constantly trying to placate or keep keep people from being mad, keeping keeping mm. people from from being from hurting me, really, and. I realized how I reacted to the world was from that and that it was very 
I got really mad. I got really, really mad because I realized that I had made so many decisions in my life built on that fear, built on that perception of what that little boy went through. And I didn't believe in myself and I didn't know who I was and I was constantly afraid and I was constantly thinking that I was going to do something wrong. And to kind of figure out that that's a lie is one, devastating and two, liberating all at the same time. Mm. Yeah. And not this past weekend, but the weekend before, my aunt, who my mother's sister and has been constantly trying to try to get in touch with me and say, you know, like, what's up? And I just, I've, I already said to my parents about a year ago, say, look, I, you know, I just, I can't, I don't want you in my life right now. I'm having a really hard time with this. And I had to separate just to, to heal, to, to understand who I am without that stuff coming back up. Yeah. And I got poked pretty bad by my aunt. She sent me some article that was some sort of, glossed over psychobabble and it just it made me really mad <laughs> and I decided that I just have to tell the truth and I laid it all out there sort of blasted it out there like here's the situation this is what happened and you weren't there yeah and first of her response was kind of shocked but she didn't know. And my family was very, very good at hiding things. I and mean, we were perfect. It was Sunday with all, you know, you know, our Sunday best and all dressed up and behaving well. And don't you dare not behave well because you know what's going to happen to you. And that was life. And that realized, like, how hard that is on you, how hard that is on a kid. But my, my aunt, she apologized, but I was unaware that she had sent this article to both my sister and me. Mm. And for for the first time, like, really, my sister chimed in and said, this was all true. This was all real, and this happened to us. And it was, she's like, this is why we are, have have hard times with relationships. This is why we're quiet. This is why we do spend a lot of time by ourselves. This is why we are the way we are. And it was such an acknowledgement and such a liberation for me to hear that and to actually start to air the the pain, the family trauma, the family pain. And I was grateful, so almost happy, <laughs> strangely, that my and there was a validation because my sister is, she's the closest thing biologically and grew up in the same situation. So to have such a similar reaction from two people means that I also wasn't crazy and that it was right. real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, Brian, uh, th- their story probably lights up some of our listeners just reflecting on their own growing up in their family units, what was not talked about, what was shunned, really 
does, I think, stir up the spirit in us. I think we all can reflect on one area of that in our own personal lives, growing up or present moment. When we get so stuck in fear, we don't even believe in ourselves. And obviously, like you, we just go hide, and hopefully the world will find us eventually. So your story of moving to Portland, you know, it's that moving outside the box. And all of a sudden, then it presents this issue that was brought up the last two weeks for you. And it's like, thank to God that actually happened. I mean, not your situation, but what presently happened, because it uncovered the true self of who you are. And to be acknowledged by your sister, and then eventually your aunt, in a sense, like, well, I didn't know. And it's like, okay, but God knows. Sometimes we forget that equation that we have a Heavenly Father, we have a blessed mother who can actually just hear our pain and we we need to be heard in essence even wendy listening to brian's story and you equating it to you trying to get pregnant you were pregnant and then you had lost your two daughters and it's like how does that relate to because could you be around people who were pregnant at that time or talking about being pregnant did that maybe set you off <laughs> at that time i live in new york city and everyone is doing in vitro, and everyone has a double stroller, everywhere. Oh, wow. <laughs> and and yeah. there were multiple babies being born in our family at the time. So it was just, you know, at every family gathering, there was pregnant bellies around me. So, yes, I I totally understand. And I think that, Brian, the fact that you have you have gotten such validation that in itself is a huge healing. I hope it's a huge healing for you, at least an opening. Because well, yeah. not being validated and and having these feelings for so long is so painful. So I, I pray that that released some of it for you. Well, I, I, I really so. do. Um, I appreciate that. And yeah, I think... I think we start to realize that, like you said, some of this sort of happens for a reason or whatever that is. <laughs> and I and it seems so convoluted to think of it that way, but do we go through these things because we're meant to, to, to heal, to grow, to have a larger understanding of things? Does it sh- like, I think it shapes us and it makes us who we are. And really our, our purpose our place here is to learn and to grow and to heal. So your story is, is the same of, of being challenged and maybe learning along the way in these really, really difficult places, right, that God is with me. I can trust yeah. that I am here in this excruciating experience because I know I, it's, I will get through it and that I'm going to be supported through it. And how much greater am I for moving through these things? How much more compassion do I have? How much more love do I have? How much more awareness do I have? So, yes. if, you know, would, you, would we, like the question sometimes comes up is, would you ever trade that experience? Would you mm-hmm. say no to it if, say you were given right. a choice, and I don't right. think we would. No. <laughs> no. Thank because... God Jesus gives us other choices, because <laughs> the first time <laughs> I think 
sometimes we miss it, <laughs> and hopefully there will be a second time that we can recharge and do things differently. And it also depends on our emotional well-being. But if our emotions are out of whack, we get triggered, and other people get triggered. And we really don't want that, but it, sometimes it just happens. We all know, we all have personalities. We, I think we're all kind and, and considerate, but when we touch this nerve, whatever that nerve is, it's a different equation when it comes out. We're trying to perfect that. We're trying to offer that up in a sense. And you know, I think your story just defines a lot of this world right now, whether it was past or even present for people. Kindness, love, and just being an observer of, I call it personalities in a sense of, there are a lot of lonely people out there. There are a lot of people who want to be recognized. There are a lot of people who want love, and they don't know how to love. And, you know, for we as, quote, followers of Christ or Yeshua, we're invited to journey with God in this aspect. So, Brian, I know you have uh, you had a reading, I think, from Jesus Calling. I think this perfectly sets us up for that reading tonight. Would you share that with our listeners? Sure. And it's true, this is such, I think it's really important. I'll read it and and then, well, yeah, I'll read it first, and then I have a thought about it. It says, I am leading you step by step through your life. Hold my hand in trusting dependence, letting me guide you through this day. Your future looks uncertain and feels flimsy, even precarious. That is how it should be. Secret things belong to the Lord, and future things are secret things. When you try to figure out the future, you are grasping at things that are mine. This, like all forms of worry, is an act of rebellion, doubting my promise to care for you. Whenever you find yourself worrying about the future, repent and return to me. I will show you the next step forward and the one after that and the one after that. Relax and enjoy the journey in my presence, trusting me to open up the way before you as you go. I can find me up. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, and since I've been in Portland, this is the thing I've sort of noticed is my trusting is, is more. And it actually makes life a lot more fun. Things become less worrisome. It's like, okay, let's go do this. And what is it going to, what's going to happen? And I don't know. It almost becomes, you almost become like a little kid. And you're like, wow, what's going to be next? And I, <laughs> I, I so enjoy living life like that. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely totally is fun. Trust me. It's it's an adventure, and there's nothing nothing here is going to hurt me, and nothing here is going to nothing is is nothing is out to get me, and nothing is that scary. Like it could be a little scary, and you can talk about it and be like, God, I'm really scared. I got to make this phone call with CLM and talk about stuff. Oh my God! And then, <laughs> do it, do it, and then you just do it. You go, yo, okay, this is great, and right. and you know you. You can have fun with it, and, and you can say, oh, this is okay, and I can talk, and I can, can be me. Yeah. And Never I think boy. that has to come mm-hmm. from trusting God. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Because who else would we, if we trust in ourselves, 
hopefully we have that self-esteem that we could, but when it comes from a, a broken place in our lives, then we have to turn our gaze towards God. And I'm sure the listeners who just heard your story, Wendy's story, as they have their own personal stories. How do we connect the dots with that relationship with Christ? Because it's ongoing in my world. When I look back on all the triumphs, all the healings, but also the failures, the stumbling, the places I didn't want to go to or to go to the depth of, but it brought me to where I am today. And so yeah. even though that the path is laid out, maybe my path is only half done yet. So, you know, I keep trusting the next step in order to take. And during this Holy Week, that's what I've been doing, placing it before God. If it's something challenging, it's like, God, with you, I can get through this. I just know I'm waiting for my Easter. I'm waiting for the resurrection, the breakthrough. And I only get there if I trust in faith and stepping into the unknown, as we talked during our call tonight. Wendy, I think you have a story I think a Yogananda story that you'd like to share with our listeners tonight. I did have a Yogananda story. It's a it's a brief story in this great book that I was reading called The New Path by one of Yogananda's disciples. And yeah. he Yoga, Yogananda tells how one of his beautiful temples just literally, this is a very short version, literally just fell into the ocean. It was in California, and it slipped into the ocean. And everyone was devastated around him. But instead of being upset about it, he was happy because he was happy knowing that the release of that temple made way for many more temples to be built and to come to fruition in his life. And, and that is the, the abbreviated story, but... There's, there's two sides to this. There's in, in what essence we have the path that's laid out and we hand everything over to God, which, and, and, and having that total faith in God has gotten me through everything, everything. But then there's, on yeah. the other hand, we have God's given free will. So you have this balance that we're living in. And... I am of the spiritual belief that, and I'm sure many people on this call believe that before we came into this body, and in, in, in before we came into this incarnation, our soul made contracts with all of the things that we were going to go through in this human life. I kind of relate to it as, like, I have a daughter who's just got into college. So we apply to college because we want to study, I want to be a doctor, I want to be a lawyer, or I wanted to go into yeah. business. But when we're choosing what we need to learn in life, we would never choose these things in human form. We don't want pain. We only want the good stuff. We do not want pain. <laughs> but our soul knows right. what we need. Our soul knows this is what I need to learn. So no one would want to choose cancer in this lifetime. No one would want to choose losing a limb or going through emotional traumas. We wouldn't choose this. But our whole purpose for being here is to learn, grow, and evolve for our soul's highest healing and highest good. And we, we seem to only learn during the difficult times in our life. When we're skipping along, la, 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 we're really not paying attention. It's when we receive these lessons that we go, oh, okay, it's time oh. to wake up here. 
Right. <laughs> it's time to wake up. I'm chuckling because, <laughs> you know, the, yeah. your your story, I don't say you're fibbing in a, in a sense of you know, we kid <laughs> ourselves that what's before us sometimes it's like, that was a hard knock. That was hard to deal with. And it's like, well, the scripture says you can go right or left, but it's your choice. And somehow we either go in the middle or the wrong choice. And then we kind of complain because we didn't get it right. But it's all about our choices. And thank God we have choice. I have to say that. And But God sees the overall picture. It might take maybe two more years to get to where we were supposed to be, but we're going to get there. God has plenty of time. Maybe we have a limited time here, but God has plenty of time. I love these stories that are being brought forth and what is being presented to us. And I know that we all have our sole purpose. And most people desire to know what that is so they can get on the pathway. I think just taking one step at a time daily actually allows us to step into the new. I know I'm going to go to you, Wendy, then I'm going back to Brian. Uh, but I, you have a Japanese proverb, and I think it fits perfectly in here because we're trying to do everything perfectly. And sometimes it's between those two thoughts that we actually have wisdom Yes. So the Japanese proverb goes that after a great storm, you can see more clearly where there is solid ground. And there's a saying in Japan that is, they just say wabi-sabi. And wabi-sabi is the most essential of all Japanese principles. It basically means that the beauty of any object lies in the flaws of that object. So it lies in the imperfection. So all of our traumas and all of our family dysfunction and all of our hurts, our pain and suffering is what makes us who we are. And we're all absolutely beautiful and perfect in our imperfection. We are perfectly imperfect <laughs> or we're imperfectly mm. perfect, however you want yeah. to say it, because it's, it's always through that experience that we have to get through and you know we all have to go through something but the only way to get through it is to go through it and through yeah. it is where we find the gold it's always found in the deepest pile of poo <laughs> that we have to go through <laughs> and survive in our lives yeah. that's where yeah. we learn the most from right that's where we grow the most from and evolve the most from and ron roth spoke of that often that what a gift it was when we went through these troubling times, that's always where the golden nuggets mm -hmm. came from. Absolutely. Yeah, that very well said, Wendy. The poo that we all seem to end up in, but also the recognizing actually was a gift because there's the awakening, there's the breakthrough that we were all looking for, but we didn't know how to get to it. Now, I know, Brian, you have a poem that you at least presented to me, and I think that fits perfectly into the story right now. Sure. We probably all know this poem, but as soon as you asked me to do this call, this is, this, I, I distinctly heard this poem, and it's The Road Not uh. Taken by Robert Frost. And I've read this poem a lot in my life, and I, and I actually, I think for the first time ever really understand it. Mm -hmm. uh, two roads diverge in a yellow wood, and I'm sorry I could not travel both and be one traveler, long I stood, and looked down as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth. 
then took the other as just as fair and having perhaps the better claim because it was grassy and wanted wear, though as for that the passing there had warned them really about the same. And both that morning equally lay in leaves, no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day. Yet knowing how ways lead on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh. Somewhere, ages and ages hence, two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by. And that has made all the difference. And I find this about choice points and about maybe inspiration from God or a way of, of discernment. And we come to these places and, and we're supported. The, the path is there and, and it doesn't have to look like the, the right way, which would probably be a little bit more worn or, or more taken. And here's this point of going, I'm, I'm going to go this other way, maybe the harder way or the, the less traveled way. And you, you really, you can just look at that as a place where you made a, a choice of experience, but also possibly, as Wendy was saying, it was already laid out. That was the choice. Was, you already decided before you got here. This is the yeah. way we were going to go. I love that. And we all get to make that choice when we lay our head down this evening, when we wake up in the morning, just thanking God for our breath, for a new day, a new challenge with us. One of the things that during, quote, Lent, as a Christian moving up to Holy Week and Easter, I ran into a quote that said, do what you can, then God will do what you can't. And I just, I've been carrying this with me the last couple of weeks. I'll say that again, do what you can, then God will do what you can't. And I, just, I personally am motivated by that because there are things I want changed. There are things I want to move. There are things that I want to move out of the way so a better outcome can come. And so when I say, do what I can, do what I can, and then I have to let go and say, God, it's yours. There's that surrender. So as we conclude with prayer tonight, do what you can, whether it's praying for one another supporting one another, blessing one another, maybe making some food for some people, a family member, a neighbor. Do what you can and see what God can do that you can't. Let's go for the impossible because God's given us a life. He's given us breath. He's given us hands. He's given us finances. Share what we have, and then God will be in abundance over and above. And hopefully that will be your, quote, Passover blessing, Easter blessing. But it's, a, it's in the doing what we can and then resting in God that he can do the rest. So as we wrap up this session on the plan best laid out, <laughs> we're going to offer prayers for you as a community, individually, whatever the Lord is laying upon both Wendy's and Brian's heart tonight and myself, so we get to pray together as one family, as one brother, one sister in Christ. So, Brian, can I ask you to begin the prayer, and then once he concurs, then Wendy will follow, and myself. And just hold everyone in the palm of your hand right now, in a sense, or your heart, as we connect heart to heart as we enter into this abyss of God's love. 
Ian? I just want to say that I want everyone to know that you are exactly where you're supposed to be. God has a plan for you, and you are right where both of you agreed that you would meet whatever is going on in your life, that you are held, that you are loved, and that you will get through it. You will be healed. You will be supported. And that your trust is faith. Your trust in God is faith. And the more trust that you have, the more ease and caring and love will be in your life. And I wish that for everybody on the call. I wish that for everyone in the world. Beautiful. Amen. Amen. Thank you, God, Holy Spirit, Blessed Mother, Yeshua, and all of the healing, ministering angels. Thank you for being on this call. And again, I thank you for being with us always. Thank you for touching each and every beautiful soul in whatever way is needed for their highest healing and highest good for all who are on this call, all who will listen to this call, and to all of your beautiful and sacred children all around the world. Anyone who is sick, injured, or hurt in any way, emotionally, physically, or spiritually, especially all of the people of Ukraine. Thank you for watching all of all of those people and their children. Thank you for filling Putin's heart and all who work directly with him with your everlasting light and love to heal their need for what does not belong to them, their dark thoughts and beliefs, and to restore peace. And thank you for sending healing to Chris Rock, his family, Will and Jada Smith. And thank you for transmuting this terrible event that took place into a healing and a teaching and a blessing of forgiveness for all of us. Thank you for reminding the entire planet how fragile life is and of the important lessons of living life with integrity, honor, love, and respect for ourselves, for our neighbors, for our loved ones, and for all living beings. May God bless all of you souls, all of your beautiful souls, today and always. And so it is. Amen. Amen. So be it. Just heard two beautiful prayers being uttered from the throne of grace as the Spirit leads each one of us into that space of the unknown to be known. And I just call upon the angels and the Holy Spirit now to be our guides as they go forth and begin to heal as Yeshua desired, to go forth and bring about a peace that passes all understanding, especially in the Ukraine, the Russia era. We just call out peace. We call out hope. We call
call out mercy. Just come, Holy Spirit. Let the lightnings of heaven, let the angelic ground begin to maneuver, to change, to respond to grace for everyone to be safe in the, away from harm's way. I thank you, O Lord our God, for every listener on this call tonight, that that peace that passes all understanding become a dwelling place within their souls, within their bodies. And I speak peace to their bodies right now. Those that are in pain right now, I command in the name of Yeshua, I command this pain to subside, dismiss immediately. Now go through the light of Jesus Christ. I just allow God's grace now to expand and to renew and restore, especially in the stomach area. For those that are having challenging there, just let the light beings of light begin now to penetrate, to dissolve, to restore, and to expand. I thank you, O Lord, our God, for the lower back now to respond to the grace that the, the back is realigned again. The chakras bind to realign now. Come, Holy Spirit. Let the fire of your love, the fire of your mercy now begin to, like a consuming fire, begin to heat up the bodies. So whatever area of pain that you feel or have felt, it begins to disseminate right now because of the love of God. Just that pulsating love, the mercies of God, the tenderness of God, just the heartache that people have felt in the last two weeks. Maybe it was a, a, a death of a loved one, a mother, a father, a child. Maybe it was your animal, your pet. There's that grieving that goes on. We just say, comfort them, Lord, just comfort them. Anyone who's having surgery, that right now we just send the angels ahead of you and with the doctors to guide that it be successful, no fear for the peace that passes all understanding will be with you. I thank you, O Lord our God, for to heal the hearts of the pain of those who suffer, those who are challenged in trying to forgive, wanting to forgive, don't know how to forgive, that the Holy Spirit just sends an angel that will hear your heart and just hear it through that the love of God, the mercies of God will heal both hearts. I thank you, God, for that, that jewel, that gift. Even on Passover, there are a lot of times, and Easter, there's conflicts with family. I just speak now into your peace, oh Lord Jesus. Yeshua, just come and just make a way. Make a meal. Let them share a meal. Let them have an understanding. Let them, let them experience what you know is true of their own identities. Thank you, God, for that raising up of the, those that are suffering, those that are in pain, those that need help paying the bills. I thank you, O Lord, our God, for checks in the mail. Those people who just give to give, they see a need, and they just release it from their hands to another person. I thank you, God, for this community. I thank everyone who's on this phone call tonight that your home, your family will be blessed beyond measure. And I bless you as your Padre, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm.